the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He didn't violate the scriptures. He didn't violate the word of God. He violated their man-made rules about the Sabbath day. The Jews uh, did not allow healings on the Sabbath day, believe it or not. Uh, you, You could preserve a person's life, prevent death, but you couldn't actually heal someone. And that was part of their code, part of their laws regarding the Sabbath day. God has desired restoration and relationship with man ever since we fell into sin. He gave us laws, such as the one about keeping the Sabbath, to both point to our weakness and need for Him, as well as to guide us towards a life that's at least a little bit closer to His original design for us. But as Pastor Dan continues our study of the book of John in today's message, we'll be reminded of our tendency to take God's gift of the law and turn it into a burden and even a replacement for relationship with Him. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 5, we started chapter 5 last week, and we made it to about verse 16. And so that's where we're going to pick up the story today, but I want to go ahead and begin reading at verse 1 to give us the context. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there it is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in these porches lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well, of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. 
And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews, that would be the Jewish religious leaders, therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing comes upon you. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Verse 16, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son, just as they honor the Father." He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear it will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Well, as I said at the beginning, we started this passage last week. We looked at the first 16 verses where Jesus heals the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, there in Jerusalem, and John chapter 5 marks a turning point in the ministry of Jesus. It's at this point with that healing of the lame man that the religious leaders of Judaism now begin to plot how they might 
killed Jesus. And this is all going to carry on through the rest of the gospel, and it will culminate with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The issue here is that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath day. And this miracle of healing this man on the Sabbath day, it led to two accusations against the Lord from the religious leaders. The first accusation is found in verse 16, and the second accusation is found in verse 18. So, first of all, the first accusation, verse 16, it says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because, here's why, he had done these things on the Sabbath. So the first accusation against Jesus is that Jesus violated the Sabbath by healing this man. And when we say that he violated the Sabbath, he violated their man-made religious rules regarding the Sabbath. He didn't violate the Scriptures He didn't violate the word of God. He violated their man-made rules about the Sabbath day. The Jews uh, did not allow healings on the Sabbath day, believe it or not. Uh, you, You could preserve a person's life, prevent death, but you couldn't actually heal someone. And that was part of their code, part of their laws regarding the Sabbath day. You could... Uh, You could treat a person if their life was in danger to preserve their life, to get them through the Sabbath day, but you couldn't actually take steps that might heal the person if their life's not in danger. Uh, This man that was lame by the pool of Bethesda, when Jesus healed him, his life wasn't in danger. Uh, And so that's the violation of the Sabbath. That's the rules uh, that Jesus broke. Uh, We see another example of this in Luke chapter 13. You don't have to turn there. You can just listen, and and you'll get kind of the the heart of the religious leaders in this example. Uh, In Luke chapter 13, this is another occasion where Jesus healed a person on the Sabbath day. He heals a woman on the Sabbath day in a synagogue. So here's a woman. She's had this infirmity, it says, for 18 years, and this infirmity has caused her, we're told, uh, to, be, to be bent over, where she can't stand up. So she's like this for 18 years. And she comes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and Jesus miraculously heals her. And instead of celebrating the miracle, <laughs> the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not the Sabbath day. That's their heart. That's their heart. They've just got these rules, and they only care about keeping their rules. They don't don't care a, a, a flip about the miracle that just took place. And here in John chapter 5, that's the, that's the accusation against Jesus. He healed on the Sabbath day. 
Notice in verse 16 again, it says, He had done these things, plural. Jesus healed more than just this one man that was lame by the pool of Bethesda. That that man is a representation of the many healings that Jesus performed on the Sabbath days. And so because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, we're told in verse 16, the religious leaders persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. They, they didn't persecute the man who was healed and carried his bed on the Sabbath. They're going after Jesus. They're going after Jesus for healing on the Sabbath day. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And now Jesus responds to their accusation. And his response to their accusation will provoke a second accusation. From the religious leaders. So look at verse 17. Now here's Jesus' response to what they're saying. Jesus answered them in verse 17. My father has been working until now. And I have been working. Now verse 17 sounds like a real uh, plain, simple verse. Uh, But there's a whole lot packed into what Jesus said in that verse. First of all. Uh, Jesus says here that the Father, my Father, works on the Sabbath. Now, if you remember back in Genesis in the creation account, God created the heavens and the earth for six days. He created, it says, on the seventh day he rested, meaning he ceased the act of creating. But it does not mean that on the seventh day God became completely idle. And did absolutely nothing on the seventh day. And that was, that was how the Jews interpreted the Sabbath day. That it was to be a day where you're completely idle. You don't do anything at all because God was idle on the Sabbath day. But the fact is, and what Jesus is saying here, is that God continues to work even on the Sabbath day. God doesn't become idle you think about it, uh, God is the one who's holding the universe together. God is the one that is causing the planets to spin in their orbit. He continues to do that on the Sabbath day. Aren't you glad for that? That he doesn't take that day off and stop doing everything, right? The Bible says in God, we live and move and have our being. It says that in God, we have life and breath. That he gives us even our next breath comes from God. God doesn't take a break from that. He doesn't stop doing that just because it's the Sabbath day. And so God continues to do and work 
even on the Sabbath day. He sustains our life. He sustains our breath even on the Sabbath day. And what Jesus says here in verse 17 is that God works on the Sabbath day. My father works on the Sabbath day. It's not that he doesn't work at all. One of the things that Jesus implies here by his answer in verse 17 is that those religious leaders who have created all these rules and definitions for the Sabbath day, he's implying that their theology about the Sabbath day is wrong. Your interpretation of the Sabbath day is wrong, is what he's saying in verse 17. Now, they're the religious leaders. They're the priests, right? They're the ones who know. Jesus is just a carpenter from Galilee. But he's telling them here in verse 17 that their interpretation of the Sabbath day is wrong and his interpretation is correct. You don't have to be completely idle on the Sabbath day. God's not completely idle on the Sabbath day. And so Jesus is saying, I I didn't break the Sabbath by healing someone. He says, my father has been working on the Sabbath until now. And I've been working. I'm doing the same thing that God does on the Sabbath. But, but that's, that's really a minor point that Jesus is making in verse 17. The bigger controversy with Jesus' answer in verse 17 is that he called God my Father. My Father. And that doesn't seem like a big deal to us, but to the Jewish audience that he's speaking to, That is outrageous. That's offensive. To call God my Father, and by calling God my Father, Jesus made himself equal with God. Jews at that time, uh, they would refer to God as our Father collectively, but they would never call God my Father. They never used that possessive personal pronoun, my, and called him my Father. Father. And when Jesus said this, when he called God my Father, that Jewish audience understood what he was saying, and they understood that Jesus was making himself equal to God. Look at verse 18. Therefore the Jews, the religious leaders, sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. And so this is the second accusation against Jesus, that he made himself equal with God. Now, Christmas is the time of year when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And what are we really celebrating? We're celebrating that God came down, that God came down to this earth and came down to mankind. Jesus was and is God incarnate. He's Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrate that God became flesh. He became a man, and he dwelt among mankind to reveal himself to us and to rescue us from our sin, to rescue us from death. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Jesus is all about. He's God incarnate. And those who heard Jesus say these words, they, they believed that he was making himself equal with God by his statement. And so they sought to kill him all the more, not only for breaking their Sabbath rules, but for blasphemy. 
Now, turn with me over to John chapter 10. And we see in John chapter 10 a similar incident with Jesus. Another occasion when Jesus referred to God as my father. And he does it several times in this passage. Now, the passage begins at verse 22 in John chapter 10. And he refers to God as my father several times. Uh, But if you look down in verse 30, Jesus said, I and my father are one. Then the Jews, the religious leaders, took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. They understood that what Jesus was saying is that he is God, that he's God incarnate. Now, there are some uh, today who say that Jesus never, ever claimed to be God. But what we see in the scriptures right here with just these two examples in the Gospel of John is that those who heard Jesus, those who were there 2,000 years ago, they believed that Jesus was claiming to be God. So much so they sought to kill him. They took up stones to try to kill him for claiming to be God. The Bible teaches that Jesus is God incarnate. Not just a man. He's not a prophet, just a prophet. He's God incarnate. He's Emmanuel. He came down to this earth to save us. So, back in John chapter 5 now, in verse 19, Jesus responds to the accusation. He doesn't deny the accusation. He embraces it. And he's going to make several points here in our passage. And he's going to... uh, He's going to take this opportunity to defend himself and defend his deity. Look at verse 19. Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly. Now, if you have the old King James, it says, verily, verily. Most assuredly means pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. Because it's important. And don't miss it. So are you paying attention? Are, are you, is the person sitting next to you paying attention? Right? Make sure they're awake. If not, give them a little nudge. Say, pay attention. You need to hear this. Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. How do they know, how can they know that Jesus is God? Jesus says, first of all, his first point, he does what the Father does. He does what the Father does. He does the same as the Father. Jesus' life and words and works were in perfect agreement with the Father. His character agreed with the Father's character. He asked me how I know, and I say, 
The book of 1 John invites followers of Jesus into a consistently growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Christian walk isn't meant to stagnate, no matter how long you've been pursuing your relationship. There's always more to discover about your Almighty Creator, and more ways in which He can refine your heart. As you've done already today by joining Pastor Dan for Ring of Truth, we encourage you to continue spending time in the Word regularly. We also urge you to make conversation with God a regular part of your routine as well, praying and listening to what your Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And know that here at Ring of Truth, we're also praying for you. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd like to invite you to visit us here at Calvary Chapel. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. Or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.